believe in me? I wouldn't either. So I went to the dentist the other day. Raise your hand if you like the dentist. Y'all like the dentist, you bunch of crackheads? The dentist is awful. So when I was in high school, I went to the dentist one Saturday morning. You ask, why would you go to the dentist on a Saturday morning? It's because we were playing our arch rival, Red Bank, and I got my teeth knocked out. Legit, true story. My front two teeth are fake, all right? (laughs) Minus 10 points for the black teeth. I'm joking. (laughs) Listen. Do you know how terrible it is to go home with, with your teeth all jacked up and not able to do anything about it until the next morning and go to a dentist that you don't even know and he's ready to get home to watch football, so he's just drilling away for four hours. Like he didn't get me numb and, and it, it creates this thing where I am absolutely terrified of the dentist, right? Like terrified. And I go to the dentist and they have to extract a tooth. Who knows what that means? They got to pull it out, right? So whenever you're, you are a 34-year-old man that's terrified of the dentist, like they have this puppy at my dentist. Actually, I don't know if they still have it. They used to have it. And if you're scared, you could hold the puppy because it would calm your nerves. They never let me hold the puppy, right? Because it's like, crush the puppy. Like, can't help it. And he walks up to you, and he's got this little chisel-looking thing. It's like a big piece of metal, and it's big on one end and comes to a point on the other end. And he holds it up, and he says, listen, you're going to feel some pressure, and you might hear some cracking. That's okay. And I'm like, no, it isn't. (laughs) Like, nothing about that is okay, man. And I just got to thinking, like, I wonder what he would do if I just, like, in the middle of it, like, just punched him. You know what I'm saying? Like, how that wouldn't go good, right? Because that that would be crazy. Like, things would just get out of control if that were, were to happen. And if we look at our lives, we can dig down deep into our lives. If we were to look at the inside parts of our lives, the everyday actions, the everyday things that happen in our lives, we would agree that, man, that's not okay. A lot of things that we see in our lives, a lot of things that we go through in our lives, that's not okay. Like, for example, on my way here today, um, I was in a hurry, and, and God, man, God convicted me over this because there was this family at Walmart and it was cold and and it was a guy and he was holding a sign saying he he lost his job or or something he needed some help and then his wife was over here and his daughter and they were all wrapped up and I and I just thought to myself as I was hurriedly trying to get here I thought to myself man that's terrible but how often do we sit there and we say that's terrible and we do absolutely nothing about it right? Like, okay, there's an example of how I'm a lot like you. But look at this in Colossians chapter 3. This whole series, man, we're talking about unity. We're talking about family. We're talking about being one. In Colossians chapter 3, we're going to start in verse 12. Look what Paul says. Colossians chapter 3 verse 12 says this. So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved. Okay, so first we got to stop here. 
Because, because Paul is about to tell us, hey, this is how you should live your lives. This is what your relationship with other Christians, with other believers, this is what your relationship should look like. But first, he feels the need to say this, for those who have been chosen of God. You see, there's a very real reason why Paul said that, because he wants to point out who you are, Right? He says, listen, I need, uh, before I can dive into telling you how you should treat each other, let me remind you who you are and who you are. You are chosen of God. We, we should believe with all of our hearts and all the chaos in our lives that God chose me. God chose you for whatever reason. God chose me to be married to that lady so that that lady could change my life forever so that God could use me in a way to minister to you. And God chose you fortunate enough to be here to hear God's word. He chose you. Like it wasn't an accident. When Jesus died on the cross, it wasn't just by chance. It was like, okay, that one's for Andrew. This one's for Kel. And every single time, man, they nailed that nail in. That, that's for Chris. That's for Jed. That's for all the times that, that Cherie is going to screw up in her lives because there's a bunch of them. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> You see, you are a child of God. You were created to be you because God wanted you to be the you that you are. Did y'all follow that? See, here's the problem. Too many of us forget that, and it creates tension in our unity. You see, we get consumed by the world, what the world calls value, We get consumed by what teenagers think is cool or what teenagers think is popular. We get consumed with those things. We seek value in sports and feel like like a failure whenever those sports fall through. It's because we place all of our hope in that sport. I got news for you, man. Like, boys, Kale, right? Kale's in shape. Kale's got some abs probably in there. 20 years later, they're going to be gone. (laughs) You're going to end up like this. (laughs) Hey, Brandy didn't sign up for this, but this is what she gets 11 years later, 12 years later. We've been married for 12 years. At least you know. I caught it. Like, let's get real. We, we seek acceptance from a boy because we, we feel devalued by our dad. We feel like, hey, I, I need some sort of man in my life because I don't feel like my dad's doing it. I don't feel like my dad's there for me, so I'm just going to give myself to whatever boy says, hey, I love you, you're pretty. You see, we forget that we were created by God. You see, your identity isn't in that relationship, man. We put everything into popularity because you feel like nobody cares about you. When if you look in Scripture, man, all the while God is desperately begging you, and he's saying, please just just come to me. 
Don't, you don't have to go to that boy. You don't have to go to that girl. You don't have to give everything you've got into partying. You don't have to do drugs. You don't have to drink. You don't have to gossip. You don't have to have sex. You don't have to do all these things. All you've got to do is trust in me. And Jesus is on the cross, and they're pounding the nails into his hands and into his feet. Listen, I don't, I don't know why that's so funny to you guys, because this is a real thing. You see, we see, we have this epidemic in our world right now where, where we've got students where they don't feel valued enough to even live, and, and we sit here and we laugh and we think it's funny and we think it's a joke when students are dying because they don't feel like they're worth anything. And it's because they don't have a youth pastor that loves them enough to say, hey, um, God loves you. Right? It's like, dude, why would you get so serious? Because it's real, man. Like, it's important. It's real. Like, these things that we buy into, these things that we sell out for, it's not worth it. You see, and I get it. I, I get it. It's hard. And, and we, we can make, we can do this. Right? And the reason we can do this, the reason we can help each other is because of that word that we're talking about, and that's unity. Right? It's unity, man. Man, it's important. Listen, as much as I talk about your relationships and your friends and the people you surround yourself with, as much as we preach on those things, man, friends are important. Get this, it's, it, you just need the right friends. Right? Like, like you need the right friends. You need the correct people around you. That was, that was a hard lesson for me. Like growing up, that, that was a tough lesson for me. I did, I did some terrible, terrible things to people. I, man, I made people feel bad about their lives. I made people, um, you know, just feel like nothing, just, just feel like crap. Like I was borderline just a jerk because I wanted to be cool. And then you see me changing my life and, and turning my life around, and, and you think, okay, but what about your friends? Um, what about my friends? I stopped hanging out with them. And it's like, well, that's sad. Well, not really. Right? Because, because God knew something that I didn't. God was going to fill my life with friends that are way more meaningful than any of those other people in my life. Those other people that, man, they just wanted to, to be my friend because, because we were cool, because we were popular. The same friends that, that we would go out drinking one night, and, and I've told a lot of you this story, but we would go out drinking one night and had way too much to drink. In fact, I didn't go to jail that night because I drank so much, I had to go to the hospital, and one of them didn't want to get in trouble, so he suggested dump him off in the d ditch. And we got caught because... One of my friends said, no, we can't do that. I'm going to take him home. Right? Like, those were my friends. <laughs> Some friends, huh? Are you going to leave you in the ditch? Like, where would I be? Like, wh what, what would this be today? Would we even be doing this today if God didn't have a plan for my life? Right? Listen, that wasn't even in here. I'm, I'm killing my 15 minutes. But we can do that because of unity. Look at this. Uh, chapter 3, verse 12. The rest of verse 12 says this. He says, So as those who have been chosen of God, you've been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on. 
Okay? In other versions of the Bible, that says clothe. I want you to understand that. If you're taking notes, write that down. It says clothe yourself. Put on a heart of compassion, of kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. You see, here's the thing about clothing ourselves. Man, it's so much more than just picking out a shirt and some shorts to go to school, right? Like, if, if we really think about it, the, the clothes we wear, like the clothes that we choose to wear is most likely some sort of indication of who we are. It's a representation of who you are. All right, so, for example, for example, a dude shows up at school, and he's got some gym shorts on. They're about knee length. He's got a normal size shirt on, but he's got big muscles, so it looks a little bit tighter, and he wears his hat backwards, and most likely some long socks that's got a Nike or an Under Armour logo. Who is that? <laughs> it's like a jock, right? Right? He's not a jock. but <laughs> Like, it, it depicts who we are. We can tell who someone is. I can tell a lot about a person by the way they dress themselves. And that's what Paul's telling us, man. He says, listen, um, in verse 12, he tells us to clothe ourselves in compassion. Be a compassionate person in kindness, in humility, in gentleness, in patience. You see, what does the opposite look like? What does the world want you to clothe yourself in? Um, it looks like hate. It looks like anger. It looks like a bunch of people that can't get along because that person's black and that person's white. Man, it looks like a bunch of people that says, well, I don't believe in this, and I don't believe in this. Listen, um, I, I, I disagree with a lot of things that um, Ellen, 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 what's her last name? DeGeneres says, a lot of things that she believes. We have a completely different viewpoint, but I respect that lady, right? Because she said, it, it doesn't matter if you believe different, man, just love each other. Just be nice to each other. Be kind to each other. Like, that goes against the norm. Listen, self-centeredness, bad attitudes. You see, but God can't use that. And when we clothe ourselves in this, is the key to our unity. Verse 13. Look at this. Verse 13 through 17 says this. Bearing with one another and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. And those, man, man, God forgave you, so why can't you get over your bitterness? Verse 14, beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you. With all wisdom, teaching, and ad admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God, whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Listen. I love in verse 13, he says this. It says, bearing with one another and forgiving each other. In other words, 
you come to a place where you look past each other's failures, man, because we're a family. You, you come to a place where you can, you, you can disappoint each other, and that's okay. Like, you can get upset with each other at times, and that's okay, because we're willing to work through those things. We're willing to build on those things. We're willing to love each other. We're willing to be compassionate towards each other and be kind towards each other and be gentle with each other and be patient with each other. Because, because we love one God and God created you just who you are to be who he wanted you to be. There's not a single one of you that God created and said, I want you to be Chris. There's not a single one of you girls that said, hey, God created you, and, and my goal for you is to be like Kristen. Like, no, God wants you to be you. So stop being a fake, man. Like, stop buying into these things that, that says you are valuable if you dress this way. You're valuable if you give yourself to him or her. You're valuable if you say these words or do these actions or listen to this music. Because God says differently. God says you, you have, now honestly, if we're digging deep, you have no value. But you do in that God loved you enough to send Jesus Christ to die on the cross for your sins. And that creates value because Jesus moves into your life and gives you meaning and he gives you a purpose and he gives you a future and a hope for all things. You see, the hardest part, the hardest part, this part that says bearing with one another, the hardest thing for a pastor. Listen, can I, can I be honest with you and just be transparent with you? One of the things that, that, that I'm so appreciative that God gave me, but at the same time, it's, it's like I don't, I don't really know if I want it, right? Is that God gave me the, this heart. Or man, man sometimes, sometimes it just hurts. Because, because I hurt with you when you guys are going through things. I can't tell you how many times where, where we've got a student, man, it, it, their parents getting a divorce. And, and what are we going to do, man? Man, and I hurt for you. I hurt with you. I feel that pain with you. And that's what this verse is saying. You have to come to a place in, you, in your walk with Christ where you, where, you can, where you can bear with one another. But we're going to do something. And this is going to be different. And I'm going to get Justin to come up here. And here's what we're going to do. I want everybody to, to bow your heads. I want you to, to close your eyes. I don't want anyone looking around. I want my leaders looking around. All my, my leaders, keep, keep your head up. So here, here's the thing. Man, someone, someone here, I'm telling you, someone, someone's here for a reason. Someone's here for this purpose, to hear this, this message, to hear <clears throat> just a little bit of my story, man. And I'm not asking you, man, you don't, you, I'm not asking you to spill your heart out tonight. I'm not asking you to tell anybody your life story. I'm not asking you to tell us what's going on in your lives. But there's someone here, man, and, and right now you're kind of hurting, 
Like, like you, you're kind of at a crossroads. You don't know what's going on in your life, man. Maybe it's a situation with your parents and you don't know where that relationship's going. Maybe it's at school. Maybe you're struggling with this temptation. Maybe it's a, a situation with your language. Maybe it's a situation with a boyfriend or a girlfriend and, and you've gotten yourself caught up in this sexual relationship and you don't know how, you don't know why and you don't know how to get out of it. And some of you, you just need some help. You can't get along with people. Maybe you don't even like yourself. Can I be honest with you? I've been there. Most of these adults, I can tell you, they've been there where they don't even like themselves. And we want to pray for you. So what I'm going to do on the count of three, you're not going to get up. You're not going to do anything right now. If you need an adult, if you need your leaders to pray for you, they're not going to ask you what you need them to pray about. They're not going to ask you a word. If you, if you just, I, we don't want to know right now. If you've got something going on in your life and you say, I just need prayer. I'm going to count to three and I want you to raise your hand. Listen, and forget about this idea about being embarrassed. Forget about the people around you. No one's looking except your leader because they're going to pray for you. And I'm going to be very honest with you. Um, What happens in this room tonight stays in this room tonight. I will go as far as to say I trust these leaders enough that it's not going anywhere. But if it did, we would ask them not to come back. That's how serious we are about this. But you don't have to worry about it. So when I count to three, you don't have to get up. You don't have to do anything. Just raise your hand. If that's you, whatever it is, man, you just need us to pray for you. If that's you, just raise your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. Amen. Keep it up. Keep it up. Keep it up so they can see. Leaders, y'all see that? All right. So you can put your hands down. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you the option to get up and pray. And what's going to happen is is you feel embarrassed. You're going to feel shy. But at the same time, you're going to feel this thing in your heart. And it's this this thing kind of tugging you. And it's saying, hey, you need to go. You need to go. And you're going to keep fighting it. And you're going to say, no, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. But the minute that you get up, your peers are going to get up. Your leaders are going to get up. The people around you, they're going to get up. And they're going to go pray with you. And you know what that is? That's unity. Even if you didn't raise your hand just now, man. If you've got something on your heart and you want to pray, we've got these black boxes over here to your left. I'm going to stop talking for a minute, and I'm going to give you an opportunity, and I'm going to beg you, man, if you need prayer, if you need to pray for somebody, even if you're here, you didn't raise your hand, and you've got somebody on your heart and you want to pray for them, go over there and pray. Let your peers go pray with you. Let your leaders go pray with you. Don't be ashamed. 